Hey, this is Rob and that's Micaiah and you are listening to a bonus episode of You Forgotten One. It is our final You Forgotten One episode of 2022. So we're talking about the year's best. Micaiah, give us your thoughts on music in general this year what kind of year was 2022 for music i think it was a really good year um and i think that's mostly because like almost everyone had a record this year Mm -hmm. i mean like beyonce kendrick lamar taylor swift charlie xcx uh i mean and then but like also Wilco and Big Thief and Angel Olsen and Soccer Mommy and I mean just like it's just I mean it's just like it feels like almost everyone had a record set for Frank Ocean um, mm-hmm. uh, SZA just dropped another out al- a new album mm-hmm. uh, a couple days before you know this recording so it, it, yeah it just feels like everyone who's been important in the last 10 years pretty much uh, put a record out so that's a that's a good time. Um, uh, Mitski, you know, even Arcade Fire. Uh, I mean, it's just everyone. Uh, if, especially if they didn't have one in the last two years, they, they definitely had one this year. Yeah, and we had a bunch of not just, you know, established artists who dropped albums, kind of long expected albums this year. Um, we had a lot of really great first albums drop this year. Maybe maybe debuts not there. Um, albums that broke artists into the more popular consciousness. How about that? Breakthrough albums. Yeah. Breakthrough break. There were, there were a lot of breakthrough albums. There were, there were artists that I was hearing about in national media outlets this year that I had never heard of in those settings before. That I can definitely agree with and say, yes, that that's definitely true for my listening experience for this year as well. A lot of, people who are, are new to me for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, before we get into our lists of our best albums for 2022, let's talk about our listening habits in, in this year. And I don't know if this has been true for you, but for me, there is a lot of music that came out this year. I felt like there was so much music that came out this year, especially in comparison to the previous two years. I felt like COVID in the year after COVID, um, you know, or I mean, people are still getting COVID now, but that 2020 year that feels like it was lost forever to a, um, to a pandemic. And then the year following it, it was interesting because it felt like there was a, a lack of music coming out. Um, there just wasn't a ton of, of music coming out. And then within that, you know, I feel like it was pretty average years in terms of what percentage of that was really great music Mm -hmm. this year. There was, as you referenced earlier, a ton of music. I mean, as you and I were getting ready for this episode, I felt like I was finally going back and listening to albums that came out in April or July for the very first time in November and December getting ready to record this episode. And so in some ways there are albums for me that I loved when I first heard them. And I was, I, you know, if we had done 
a best of the year list halfway through the year, I would have definitely had those albums on it. But by the time we got to the end of the year, I had cooled some on those lists. So I, I think uh, like Beach House, Once Twice Melody, that's an album I really loved when it first came out. And I've, I've cooled considerably on it over the course of the year. Um, and really, I loved our new Arcade Fire album when it first came out and cooled considerably on it. And so it feels like so much music this year, whether it's because there's there's just the volume of it, it's been so much music that's come out, or maybe it's just because that without much new music coming out, it's hard for something to stay kind of fresh and exciting in your mind. It felt like I was spending way more time this year kind of going back and discovering new to me old music Mm -hmm. than I was listening to whatever the newest thing was coming out. Was that your experience or or were you way more kind of on the pulse of, Hey, this is the new album that's coming out and I'm listening to that like crazy. I mean, I was, I was trying, but I I try every year to kind of do that, to be like, you know, I, you know, I want to, be on the ground floor when this stuff hits. Uh, and I, I, I like could not keep up, but there was a week, I think in February when, and this like never happens where there was on pitchfork, something was awarded best new music every day that week. And that like never happens. It's just like every day there's a best new music. Like that's something that they take quite seriously, if not too seriously. And so, I mean, there was a lot of that, going around this year um some of that maybe undeserved um personal opinion but uh nevertheless uh it happened a lot and so you know there is just um yeah i, th- I think there was just like an overwhelming amount where it's just like i can't keep up with this or there were just some stuff where it's just like i'm so in love with this that like i can't i don't have space for something else right now like i hear this record's really good and i'm sure i'll get to it but this record came out last week and i can't let it go i'm not ready to accept something else especially if it's from like a different genre or if it's too similar you know so it's just like some things just get lost um like the new always record i'm like i everyone loves this but like, I'm just not in a place right now where I can like accept it. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to have to, you know, especially cause I've been listening to like all of the albums for the end of the year. I tried to like fresh up on my top five and my top 10 for the year and just seeing what, what still sticks. And so like listening to those things consecutively and like, okay, now let me give that always a try and listening to it like kind of side by side with my already just like, favorites for the year it's just like well this isn't this just can't compete with that so it just really dips so i'm gonna have to in like six months go back to it and just completely listen to it in a different context and maybe it'll it'll finally maybe i'll finally catch up to it but in terms of your other question yeah i mean doing the podcast you know whoever we're talking about that week i we spend the week with that artist you know so i we you know we spend a lot of time uh, throughout the week just listening to you know and sometimes if we do like a you know a pretty big artist and we have decades of music to mm-hmm. listen to that's all i listen to that week you know so sometimes you know if, if a couple new albums you know or a few albums come out they're just like everyone's talking about it's like well, i'm sorry i'm still on the fifth of the 20th album from this all-time great band like i 
I'm, yeah. not, I'm not gonna I'm not, I'm not gonna be there this week to to join the conversation, you know. And and then there was somewhere some artists that we were covering that I I wasn't ready to let go of, mm-hmm. and and there was some artists for me just personally. I'm like, you know what? I've never listened to their discography before. I'm gonna do the full thing, and then I just like uh, kept doing that for a few of them. Who? So give me a few of those artists. Who who are some of the artists this year that you were like? I've never really dug into them before. Let me let me dive in all the way and listen to the whole discography. Uh, Yola Tango mm-hmm. is one where I'm like, I, I haven't listened to everything, and I feel like I should listen to everything. And so I've listened. I listened to their discography three times this year. Like every record, just like like I'll spend like a, a Yola Tango week. I did that thrice, mm-hmm. um, and then spending a considerable amount of time with, you know, like my top five or so favorites and just really listening to those and finding the used CDs and keeping those in the car and listening to them kind of everywhere. Um, so Yolo Tango's one built the spill. Mm-hmm. Is one. Um, I had never done the modest mouse, especially since like I, their last few records haven't been very good. Um, so I was like, well, you know, I should, I should listen to everything to get like, you know, just go for it. I did that a couple times. Um, even though there are really only two records, one compilation, a couple EPs that I love and the rest I'm, you know, I'm, you know, real medium or just like really can live without. Yeah. And, um, one artist that we covered that I outcast, which is like, I'm not ready to let this go. It's mm-hmm. just, I feel like I rediscovered them cause they, I there's one where it's like okay well I love this when I was like 13, and then so like kind of really going back, you know, this many years later, being like oh I like this so much. It wasn't just because I was 13 um, that I like this so much. It's because this is like the best. Yeah, so that was another one for me. It was like couldn't stop listening to. Okay, my Spotify rap had. Um, the artist storytelling part one is like this is your most listened to track and i was like that makes sense because i spent a lot of time without and, and i mean come on what better track than the artist storytelling part one yeah but back at you rob but uh what were you listening to that maybe wasn't necessarily from 2022 but something that you spent the entire year kind of enjoying yeah i, I mean so we in some ways i feel like this podcast has so drastically changed my my listening because you know because the podcast gives us a reason to talk about these artists on pretty much a weekly basis it really does become that thing where i'm just digesting a whole lot of an artist at one time and i and i think because of that there are new artists and new albums from this year that maybe i missed out on because you know what like you said, like we did an episode on outcast this year and it was like, all right, we have a really great guest to talk about maybe the best rap group of all time. And you know, how do we be fully prepared? And even for a group that, I mean, doesn't have that many albums, it was still, you know, just going back over and over and over again through that discography. And then thinking about like, we ended the year this season by doing Bruce Springsteen. Like you want to talk about a catalog of recordings that you have to go through to do that discography. 
there were so many weeks where I felt like I would have loved to have discovered something new, but because of the nature of the podcast, um, I was spending my time and it was, it was really enjoyable time with an older artist and with a, an older discography. And then on top of that, then there are the artists that we've already covered in the podcast, but because they're personal favorites, you're going back. So you and I both have a habit of at least once a year, kind of doing the entire Dylan discography. And so that's something I traditionally do in the fall, like, uh, you know, sometimes September, October near my birthday and kind of make that Dylan discography, something that I do. And this year was no different. Um, but I will tell you, there were a few older artists that I was not a fan of, or just had not been maybe exposed to in the right way. And because we did an episode this season on the talking heads, um, I love the talking heads, but I had never spent the amount of time with their whole discography. So for me, when we were doing talking heads, maybe one of the best parts of doing the talking heads wasn't even spending so much time with talking heads. It was discovering the African artist, Angelique Kijo, who did a full album cover of remain in light, but did it, you know, with very kind of traditional African music. And so this, you know, talking heads as a band, which, you know, so often is drawing on world music and to have an African artist from, from the Ivory coast do a full album cover of remain in light. That was really enjoyable. And it actually led me down this weird rabbit hole this year where I kind of looked for some of my favorite albums and looked for people that had done a full album cover of some of my favorite albums, which led me to maybe my favorite discovery for 2022. The, the band Fruit Bats did a full cover of the Smashing Pumpkins' Siamese Dream, one of my all-time favorite albums, and it's so much fun. It, it takes the, the lyrics in the kind of basic musical content of Siamese dream. And it kind of puts it through this mid to late two thousands indie vibe is incredible. And I think that's been my favorite kind of non 2022, 2022 music discovery. When did that come out? Came out in 2019. Oh, okay, so not that long ago then. No, it wasn't that long ago, but again, something I had never heard of, and it was our episode on the Talking Heads. It kind of led me down that hole that that led me to that album. Cool, love that. We're gonna close. We're gonna close this episode with one of Micaiah's favorite songs of 2022, not to be featured on one of the albums that made our list. So we're going to go now to the break and letting you hear um, one of my favorite songs from an album that did not make our list. The artist is Beach Bunny and the new album by Beach Bunny is Emotional Creature. And we're going to let you listen now to one of my favorite songs on that album, track nine, Scream. I've got a secret
Well, Micaiah, we attempted to, rather than each of us having a top 10 albums of the year, we each came up with a top 20 list. And in that top 20 list, we gave a weighted point value to each album on our lists and put those two together and by points tried to figure out what would be our you forgot one best of 2022 album list with the goal of coming up with a top 10 albums the problem became that we had two albums tied for number nine and three albums tied for number 10. Mm -hmm. so this is ultimately a top 13 of the of the year you forgot one list so let's start with the three albums that tied for number 10 the first and we'll just go in alphabetical order angel olsen's big time this is an album that made both of our lists micaiah talked to me about big time by angel olsen especially since you saw her in concert not that long ago yeah i saw her perform a lot of these tracks over the summer and they were fantastic um angel olsen who i think since definitely since 2014 has had a really great run of records uh 2014 burn your fire for no witness my woman in 2016 all mirrors in 2019 and now uh big time uh this year uh, a really incredible run and uh they had posters and some promotional uh, materials uh, that said it's not country it's not not country and that's pretty much the vibe of the record so it there definitely is an influence of country music there and um, that is surprisingly kind of a, a, a thread that goes throughout our list um, a lot of people go in country and I don't know if that's because of uh, the pandemic um, people just kind of being bound to more folk instruments at home. And then that's kind of the sound that comes out or they, they, that they're bringing to a studio. I don't really know. Um, but that that is um, that has been the case this year. And um, I, I think it's a really great record. And uh, I this is controversial, but I like it better than all mirrors, which a lot of people would say is near her best and a lot of people would say is maybe their favorite i like it more than that one um so you know at me if you want on uh, on twitter or social media but i i love this record i can't say that i'm sorry when i don't feel so wrong anymore i can't tell you i'm trying when there's nothing left here to try for And I don't know how it happened We both abandoned the reason we used to believe Was it love that we shared when we easily cared? Now it's impossible to come find you but I just don't know where to be 
thoughts were spoken Would it bring us together Another album tied for number 10, an album that was in your top five for the year and did not make my top 20, Built to Spills, When the Wind Forgets Your Name. Yeah, um, I also saw Built to Spill this year. Um, not long before this record came out, and so they played a, a couple songs from the record, and they were great live. Um, I've listened to their discography a number of times, and then you know, my few favorite, cause we did an episode in 1997. So perfect, perfect from now on came out the year. So I listened to that a lot. I uh, keep it like a secret. I just love. So I listened to that a lot. Uh, they did a reissue. Um, uh, but I think was it called, there's nothing wrong with love. Their 1994 record. Um, and this, you know, so I've spent a lot of time with the, a few of their records and, you know, I, for bands that have been around, now for almost 30 years it, it, i kind of hate when people are just like they're done they can't make there's there's they can't make any more good music and it's just like i think built to spill made one of their top five best albums this year despite having been around for 30 years and having a lot of good albums to their name i think this is in the conversation of being a top five best built to spill album um i think it's up there with the albums I just listed and the 2006 record you in reverse and this one, um, I, I would put even maybe this one in competition for a top four best, certainly a top five. Um, so I think this is a, a great, I don't want to say return to form because they never really stray too far from what they do, at least Doug. Um, but I, I think this record rules nine tracks, super cool. I mean, everything you love about built a spill is in there. Um, it's, has a lot of um, replayability. Uh, very easy to, to listen to over and over again. third album that tied for number 10 uh, much like built to spill was a top five album for you but did not make my list this was a top five album for me this year and did not make your list surrender by maggie rogers um this is an incredible follow-up to her breakthrough album 
uh, heard it in a past life from 2019. This is actually her 10th year of, of making albums and making music. And an interesting thing, you know, we talk about what everyone kind of did with their pandemic. Well, after heard it in a past life, uh, after Maggie Rogers got off touring at the end of 2019 for that album, she enrolled at Harvard divinity, uh, the, the seminary connected to Harvard university and essentially made the album surrender um, as part of her thesis project for her Harvard Divinity degree. And uh, I, I just, I love the story behind that. I love her approach to it and kind of looking at um, the interconnectedness of music and how we share feelings and emotions and how we build community uh, around music and, and how essentially music kind of forms its own uh, in many ways, type of worship. Um, and so I, I love an album with this much thought into it that is this catchy. Um, and so what was true about Maggie Rogers on Heard It in a Past Life continues um, with maybe even more thought behind it in the album Surrender. And it was one of my top five personal favorite albums of the year. because you were just like this is great i was like i i i got a few songs in i was like i it's not sticking i i wanted to um because i because i'm not someone who's just like nope this is garbage i hate this it's like if people are like really into it i just i just feel like i'm missing out it's just like man why why can't i click with it because just people seem to really be enjoying it i i want to have that i want in on it um but i just i couldn't get there with it but i, I think over time um, if I get like in a musical rut, I'm going to have to revisit it and then give it like a, a fair shake. And, and admittedly, you know, one of the things we've talked about in the course of the podcast is you are not a lyrics first person. That's true. And, and I think for me, the, you know, knowing the backstory of this album and how it came together, I think added so much more. So, you know, every time, like the first three or four times I listened to this album, it was with the liner notes open and reading a lot, you know, mm. so it, it became, um, it just became a more integrated process of digesting this album. Then, then in fairness, a lot of other albums this year, including both of the albums that tied for number nine on our list. And again, we'll start in alphabetical order on the tie Alex G's God save the animals. Yeah. So, I mean, this, I mean, this to me is, is much more like there's a lot of religion in this one too. So that's like, that's a pretty cool, easy segue to make. Um, 
Alex G. Now the 2017 record he put out, Rocket, is when I hopped on board, and I loved that album. I still do. I think it's incredible. There's a lot of great songs on there, and I didn't really like the the 2019 follow up very much. Um, I like it more now, uh, which can happen to an album when like another one comes out, and then you can revisit the one you didn't like. Like, no, there's good stuff in there too. That happened to me with like Contra by Vampire Weekend, um, but this record, I just think again it's just like packed with great songs i mean runner is just like amazing the uh, miracles like it's just packed with good stuff it's everything you like about alex g um and we've already mentioned him because he was on a he played guitar on blonde the frank ocean record and he has a producing credit for one of the songs on the japanese breakfast album that was our album of the year last year so he's 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 been in some some of our conversations, and this year I think he put out a, a really great record um, that, again, has like a lot of playability. It's very easy to to listen to it kind of over and over again, and it's uh, very rewarding on a re-listen. Next album, the the other album that tied for our ninth best album of the year. Um, this might be a uh, this might be controversial because we now know um, how many media publications have said across the board that this is the album of the year. But for us, tied for number nine, Beyonce's Renaissance. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable saying that it's in the top 10, but not number one. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it also kind of feels like as soon as it came out, people were like, this is the best album of the year. I'm like, I don't know that that, I mean, just like, I don't know. But, um, it, it's a great record. It really is. Um, it's a great like dance record. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is one of her, I think it is one of her three best albums. In terms of her studio albums, I think it's an, I think four self-titled Lemonade in this are in the top four. Mm-hmm. And then fifth, I'd rather put Homecoming in the mix before B-Day or Sasha Fierce even, because Sasha Fierce had such a weird release on that. It was kind of ridiculous the way they did it. But yeah, I think it's in her like top five like essential albums, um, and it rules. I mean, they're they're like every Beyonce album. There are like a couple tracks where it, like dips for me, 
Um, but I mean, 16 tracks over an hour long, you know, it's essentially a double LP. Um, cause it's a lot of music. And so it's, um, yeah. And, and who knows what more she has planned for it. Um, she's kind of teased, uh, like a video album and there are rumors of a tour. Cause she says that Renaissance, this is part one. So what that means, does it mean that there's more music to come out? Does that mean that part two is a video album? Part three is the, the live experience. Who knows? So it's going to be a gift that keeps giving. Um, I'm sure even into the next year, but it's a great dance record. I have a wedding coming up soon and I'm sure that a lot of these songs will be played. I was going to say, um, you know, for our listeners, we are recording this um, a few days before Micaiah's wedding. Uh, Micaiah and I will be together in Florida in just a few days for his nuptials. Um, and I have seen from your fiance uh, what she emailed me, um, kind of the um, the the walk-in music and kind of the music that's going to be happening at different portions of the um ceremony and in the reception and uh, this is an album that is going to be featured at your wedding yeah we already know that cuff it will for sure be played as the bridal party is introduced um which i would also say is one of the songs of the year mm-hmm. uh, i feel like falling in love i'm in the mood to fuck something up i need some drink in my cup So we've talked about five albums and we've gotten through two spaces with three tied for number 10 and two tied for number nine. The rest of the way, we have no ties. So we have eight albums left at number eight. Uh, come on. It's Makai and I. How could it not be Wilco's latest cruel country? You know, it's funny. I love Wilco and I, I'm especially fond um, of the early Wilco period that the even am but especially being there that kind of being there to a ghost is born run is is so perfect it's funny thinking about cruel country as kind of a country leaning album because if you listen to early wilco it's all kind of country leaning yeah, that, that's what was kind of funny when they put it out. You are like, oh, we've always been like associated with country music, but this year we are going to release kind of like a, we're really going to lean into the country aspects of this band. And certainly, like you were saying, like the first 
you know, AIM and being there are definitely like alt country. Like they're like punk rock people who clearly love country. And then so what you get is those two records. And being there, I'm glad you brought that up because it's also a proper double LP. Like it was intended to be, right, two disc, um, even though, like even two CDs and two LPs. And this record is their second like double LP, even though their other records are so long that they fit onto um, disc. Now, this is one that is, you know, a proper double LP. Um, so, and the, the first, I guess, of our like proper double LPs. Um, but I think it's great. But like, I mean, kind of what you're saying there, it's, it's basically like them trying to do something like being there again, mm. but with the band that appears on Sky Blue Sky. Now don't you fall apart while I'm falling apart Why don't you get in line behind the tears I'm crying I know our hearts on But you're gonna have to learn Learn when it isn't your turn Somehow number seven album of the year feels weird to say it's ours because this did not make your top 20 and yet it is seven on our combined list because this was my personal favorite album of the year narrowly beating out what will inevitably be our number one album of the year for the podcast Mm -hmm. um and it is madison cunningham's revealer this album um, it really was a long time coming. The uh, first single from the album Hospital came out early in the year, and then the album release got delayed a few times. Um, but a really, really great album. Hard to believe she's only like 26 years old. Um, an incredible songwriter. Um, but this album really is elevated from anything else Madison Cunningham has done before. Uh, and a big part of that is the production of Mike Elizondo, um, who, of course, was the producer that was brought in to help finish uh, Fiona Apple's album Extraordinary Machine. And in many ways, it is produced like 
a Fiona Apple album would be. And so you take Madison Cunningham with an incredibly beautiful voice with, with incredible range, uh, a very interesting and unique guitar player. She plays guitars that are all tuned down to C. So she plays in standard tuning, but standard tuning basically C to C rather than E to E. So two whole steps down. So it's kind of her way of like faking the sound of a baritone guitar. Um, in just such a unique way of playing the guitar, whether it's the lines that she comes up with, the way that she plays as she is singing. Um, she's really a fan of kind of the uh, juxtaposed melodies between what she's singing and what she's playing the guitar. Um, it, this is just an album that I'm continually enjoying and continually both um amazed by and inspired by as a musician this is one of those albums this year that has me picking up the guitar again um you know kind of going back to man i want to know how she does that and so for me as a, as a musician that's one of the things that i really love about good music is something that inspires you to kind of go back and want to go the next step further and to have that coming uh from from such a young artist is really incredible sixth album of the year our album number six best of 2022 is an album that is a collaboration between black thought of the roots and the producer danger mouse it is the album cheat codes and this is an album that had been discussed in hip hop world for seemingly years. It seems like this was an album that they had been working on on and off for what must have been at least three or four years. There are artists who recorded verses for this album in 2019, and we finally got this album in 2022. And for me, it was worth the wait. Um, just a a gym exercise of incredible uh, hip hop artists. And I really love watching Black Thought, who I think is such a tremendous MC. I think he's one of the best there is when it comes to freestyle, but to watch the dexterity he has 
as he's not, it's not just connecting all of the rhyme schemes. It's also realizing how broad and how deep his knowledge base is because in a single verse, the ideas that he'll connect the subject matter, he'll connects, um, it's so playful. It's so masterful. And then of course, uh, danger mouse is one of my all time favorite hip hop producers and the samples and beats that he comes up with to let black thought show off over is just incredible. Yeah. This was a big day for music because this collaboration came out and also the Panda bear and Sonic boom album came out. So it was a big day for like these like collaboration records um i this album rules about 40 minutes or maybe a little bit less something you know something really so it's really lean let me every track count um the doom verse is awesome the song is a uh, belize and it rules yeah I'm sick, no lymph nodes is swollen They told me even when the record skip Keep it rolling on his shoulder like a California Highway patrolman Launch codes were stolen and sold by Ed Snowden I fled to Rome and told him to dress me as a Roman I'm still in photos posing with my own omen A thumping kicker for me to slam like hope Hoping it's something like a plain bumper sticker No slogan, this something for the shooters And back and forth commuters Who never knew the difference in laws and jurisprudence I feel as though it's safe to assume That you're the students and I can Proving to the way that me and Doom do this You checking the top two of a thousand Intelligent chaps with rap projects And housing developments Cool across legged on a crate like it's elegant Try to hate, I'm puffing up your face Like a pelican, highly enveloped And activating my melanin Y'all failing to see what's shaking besides Gelatin, news bulletin, I refuse To take the medicine, fuck a thick skin I got me an exoskeleton The black collar feral And a lobster, deliver like an obstetrician But not a doctor Bring the Cambridge, the Webster's, the Oxford's The picture too long to watch See the synopsis Compensated for playing nice It's optics Product of the last poets in the watch Profits, I stop it It's beyond out of pocket Dunzo, I hit the gun show and got a rocket Catastrophic, supreme microphones In Mexico, we the legendary dos cojones Brothers, both components Other close to colas, court holers With bars as hard as Angola's Get rude with the dude off chips The mood switch She chewed off strips of a brood witch Danger make a groove off a glitch Major boo booty twitch And the crew rich bitch Always wanted to say that Ever since the days in hallways Taunting a stray cat The one he often frequently slapped around All the while waited and graduated Cap and gown Hated the rap sound, debated the crap until he felt he had it mapped down. Enough to have the game trapped and bound. Scratching the crown with the names of lames who yapped the noun. A verb for that matter, had no data for a herb who chat chatter. Oh, Eric Estrada, fat rat, the mask made him batty as a mad hatter. Known for his absurd word choices, and will ignore you if you ask him if he heard voices. Look, the energy is crazy. Far as he was concerned, the enemy was lazy. <clears throat> Your attention, please. Our fifth album. So now we're in our top five. Top five albums of 2022. Number five by an artist you and I have both seen live in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is MJ Linderman. The album is Boat Songs. Yeah, this is one that I heard 
early this year, right? Halfway into the year, I was like, this is going to be in my top five for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, he's so clearly influenced by Neil Young, um, even though he's not just like a Neil Young ripoff artist, of which there are, there's no, no, no shortage. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of cool stuff in here. A lot of like really funny stuff. Um, just great songs and great. And again, not a lyrics first person, but there are some lyrics in here. I'm like, Ooh man, that's, that sticks with you. Mm-hmm. And so for like every track or every other track or something, you're just like, man, that, that sticks, you know? So even though I'm not a lyrics first person, um, it, it is that kind of stuff that really sticks with me. Maybe the longest, um, is a really great lyric and he's got plenty of them throughout this record, which again, is like 10 tracks under 40 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. lean, um, and just, I mean, packed, you know, with, with, with great lines and a lot of good guitar stuff. Cause he's also the guitarist in the band Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I saw him do a solo acoustic show recently. That was fantastic. I mean, I, I mean, he, this is one, this is a person, first of all, who was new to me this year. I hadn't listened to any of his other stuff like on Bandcamp. Um, so that's why it's also exciting. And I mean, with a record this good, and, and he played a couple of new songs when I saw him. Um, so this is someone who's like, I can't wait to like hear what else mm-hmm. he's going to put out, you know, in the years to come. Cause this, this is a very promising uh, artist. Yeah. Now it's kind of like cheating for me because I live in Durham, North Carolina, and he's from Asheville, North Carolina. Um, but I saw, or, or I was at concerts. He was at three times this year. So right. Wednesday was one of the opening bands when I saw beach bunny. So I got to see him then, uh, he opened solo when I saw planes at the hall river ballroom and got to see him play at the pin hook here in Durham just a few nights ago. And, uh, I will tell you, um, I really have an affinity for the song Dan Marino. And I think it might just be because as a kid who grew up in, in South Florida and I have a story from being, you know, in fourth grade and seeing Dan Marino at Publix and asking him for his autograph and him telling me, no, <laughs> I, I, I have a, I have a great affinity for uh, any song that pokes fun at the Miami Dolphins, great quarterback. That's, and there's a great uh, reference to the last waltz in that song too. Mm-hmm. My daddy saw Dan Marino at a Harris Teeter in South Carolina by the shore. He hustled his balls and looked at a cereal box he did not see his face Brady's has replaced Tom Brady's has replaced our album number four of the year so again um, I showed up late to this concert, so I missed MJ Linderman opening for them. But our number four album of the year is by Planes, a new collaboration with Kitty Crushfield of Waxahachie and... Jess Williamson, right? Yeah. 
And uh, so Katie Crutchfield, of course, is a twin. So having no idea who Jess Williamson was when I saw them because of how similar they look, I just assumed this was Katie's project with her twin sister. Turns out not at all related. Well, also it's just because their voices sound so great together. It's mm-hmm. easy to assume that they're their family, uh, but not the case. Yeah. Um, so the Plains album, I walked with you a ways. And again, talking about country music, um, uh, not even country. I mean, we're talking very uh, uh, roots music, Americana music. I mean, this, this is, um, this is like old Appalachian music and it sounds beautiful through these two women's voices. And I will tell you the band that plays live with them is maybe one of the best bluegrass bands I've ever heard. It's probably the most straightforward country, even more than the Wilco album. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, and you know, they were, they were just very open about, you know, um, when the record came out, like, yeah, you know, we, um, Jess is much more of like an indie folk kind of artist. And, um, Katie went more into like the indie rock kind of punk rock kind of thing. And, but their roots, they grew up, I mean, they're from Texas and and Alabama. So they grew up like I did. Um, and just in, you know, in Florida hearing the chicks and Shania Twain all the time. Yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about this album. Um, and yet, you know, just, just to give you a sense, like can't say enough good things about this album and it's our album number four. Yeah. I mean, that's so it, it, I mean, that in and of itself, listen to this planes album, know that it's number four on our list. That'll tell you how great of a year this was for music. We're into our top three album number three for us. And again, talk about an album that was a long time coming. This is an album. It felt like we were waiting forever for in reality. It was only about four and a half years that we ended up waiting for it. But in that four and a half years, the artist got married, had two kids, went through a global pandemic. And he is of course, Kendrick Lamar. The album is Mr. Morale in the big steppers. Another Double LP. I mean, it's it's broken up into Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Mm-hmm. One CD, um, even though on Spotify, it breaks it up into two CDs, which is interesting. And of course, the LP itself is two discs. Um, this is, I mean, this is one of, we probably could have even done a bonus episode on because it was such a 
important kind of moment when he finally released another record. Um, oh man, I mean, where where do we begin to talk with this one? So, what what was your first reaction when this record? So it, it's I'm I'm glad you asked because for me it took it took a long time for me to appreciate this album mm-hmm. and it's and it's my own fault i think you know you get good kid mad city to pimp a butterfly damn like you get this run of of perfect or near perfect hip-hop albums and then there's you know almost five years we've been waiting on this new one to come out and so there was so much build up there was so much expectation and in many ways it really did remind me of how i felt in 2000 when radiohead's kid a came out you know 1997 my album of the year in 1997 was was okay computer I loved that album for years and years and years and it was like come on radiohead give us something new and then kid a came out and my first response to kid a was man that is not what i expected and in many ways for this kendrick album that was really my, you know, the first three or four listens, it was just me going, man, that is not what I expected. But once I started listening to it kind of separated from what my expectations were for it, I really began to appreciate this album and the album began to grow in me. And, and it is a more mature album which, you know, and obviously so it's, it's a more mature album because the things that Kendrick is talking about in it are the kind of things you talk about when you get married and have kids and you look at the world differently and, you know, you spend time in different places and, you know, the world has gone through a pandemic and you know, the, you know, the politics of the time have become so divisive, you know, all of that in this album and it's and again it's big expansive it is it is truly a a double lp um so it's a lot to take in especially knowing that it's not going to be what you first expected but it grew on me fast yeah because it's like well okay so good kid mad city just like came out 10 years ago and just like really like reinvigorated like hip-hop it was just like okay this is the next guy Mm-hmm. The Pimp a Butterfly comes out, you're like, okay, this is the record of the decade. Like this, this is an actual masterpiece. An actual masterpiece hasn't come out in you know some time. This is a masterwork. You know, and then 2017 happens and he wins like a you know Pulitzer Prize. How do you follow up those three records? And one thing we have mentioned is, you know, in 2020 people wanted a new Kendrick Lamar album because Kendrick, you know, we talked about this in our to pimp a butterfly episode, you know, songs from that record became very important for the black lives matter movement in their, in the presentation of those songs. And so when 2020 happened, you know, the responses to, to George Floyd's murder and, and, and Breonna Taylor, people wanted Kendrick to say something. There were articles written by publications that said, where's Kendrick Lamar? Why, why don't we have him talking about this? Can you imagine being Kendrick? Being like, yeah. this is the biggest cultural moment, like not pop culture, you know, but like actually something important. Not who's the best MC, but who, like this is, 
you know, like the, you know, in race in America, the most important thing that's happened maybe since uh, Ronnie King and OJ. So it's probably since like yeah. the early nineties when he was very young and I was very young. So in our, in, in our lifetime that we've, you know, really understood these issues, the most important moment and everyone wants him to comment on it and to some extent save them from it. Yeah. And I, and I think that, so, and again, and that was part of my expectation as well. So I, you know, that wasn't like the world's expectation. That was my expectation. I wanted, you know, if, if, if we're not getting an album until 2022, I want the most um, artistic, transparent, honest, creative commentary on what we've all just lived through. And instead you get an album that is, very concerned with domestic private life. That's, that's very concerned, not with these big, huge global issues or even these big, huge national issues. It almost becomes in some ways his most personal album by not being this like political statement. But that's the thing. I mean, but was that not the experience we've had the last two years is really being inside mm-hmm. and on the family and focusing on ourselves, you know, like focusing on your kids. I mean, that that's what I think actually makes it a better statement about the last two years than if he was just going to be like, you know, just like another song about police brutality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, instead of just being like, Oh, like you put up a black square one day, this is every day for me. You know, it's just like, like, yeah, you know, and there, there are lines like that in there and there are lines about the, you know, um, the vaccine in there and, you know, there is stuff in there, but also, I mean, the, the, there, these interludes that include Eckhart Tolle, Mm -hmm. which who on earth expected that on the next Kendrick Lamar album, that one of the through lines would be Eckhart Tolle, Mm -hmm. like as his personal go-to kind of therapist. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and he's very open about, you know, like um, critiquing gangster culture, really looking at Good Kid Mad City and like what his aspirations were there and wondering, okay, these are problematic and these are dangerous. And why was that? Why, why, why was that something to aspire to breaking mm. that down and really breaking down his relationship with his father, quite literally with a song called like daddy issues or something. So it's like pretty on the nose, but for hip hop, not well charted territory. Taking my baby to school, then I pray for Cause you bitches ain't never been cool Writing testament, painting pictures Put me in the Louvre, that's a definite Universal shift, I'm in the groove A celebrity do not mean integrity, you fool I'm a good man, shake your hand Firm grip rule, 72 wins, lost 10 Balling with the flu, more than 2 M's For sure, but add another 2 mm-hmm. Little man man, the big man's the GT down and flipping the kickstand mm-hmm. Rich nigga, broke phone Trying to keep the balance, I'm staying strong Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song Hey, bitch, I'm attractive Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting uh, Bitch, I'm attractive Can't fuck with you no more, I'm fasting uh, Think my 
valid, you can wait, feedback on low latency I'm glitching from the face, as my thoughts grow sacredly I'm running out of space, ask when is she okay? Never mind a honey cake, why you lying on Benjamin? He turning in his grave, I be lying if I said I wouldn't get it Shit away, the aloof Buddha, I'm Christ for the shooter Praise to Muhammad, I might nigga lose ya AP, Michael Friedman, my friend's cooler Primary, so the resale face stupid I would never love my life on a computer IG, I get you life for a chikabuya More power to ya, love him from a distance Why you always in the mirror more than the bitches? And my cousin tried to sue me like he got the privilege But I didn't lose sleep cause I got the spirit Hey, rich nigga, broke phone Trying to keep the balance, I'm staying strong Stop playing with me for it turn you to a song Stop playing with me for it turn you to a song Number two, our number two best album of 2022 from the British band Black Country New Roads, Ants From Up There. This album came out, I think, the same week or just the week before our number one spot. And it made me mad because everyone was giving us so much love, especially um, European and, and, and English uh, music journalists were saying this is a perfect album 10 out of 10 5 out of 5 stars and I was just so when I first heard it I was just like oh I must be hearing one of the best albums of all time and I heard it I was just like oh no it was that good um, so I, I needed to distance myself from it I really needed some some time away um, so it was one where I'm like I'll come back to you in a few months and, and I did and I was just like okay this album rules. Um, it's a lot of, I really think England is maybe having its first like emo phase. Mm-hmm. Cause there's one stuff in here. That's very second, early third wave emo. Yeah. Lyrically uh, and musically. Um, and also like early arcade fire, like funeral era arcade fire with like the emo that had come around the same time. Um, but maybe with, some silver Jews kind of Berman kind of style lyrics also thrown in there, which I think elevates it outside of like emo. Um, it's just an exciting record. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. a lot to enjoy there. It's, it, it's epic. Um, yeah. I don't think it's technically a double LP, um, but it's cause it's only 10 songs, but some of the songs are very lengthy. Mm-hmm. So it's bound to be put on two LPs. Um, so this is another one of those just like big epic albums that, that have come out this year. Um, totally unique, even though I think it wears its influences on its sleeves and they got put into like kind of mythic status right away because right before the record came out, the lead singer left the band, which kind of like catapulted it into just like great album myth status. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, you just released this incredible record and you basically just broke up? You know, like, so people are just like, I think people just, I think that really helped people write the reviews because they were just kind of like, uh, the rise and fall of Black Country New Road, like, in the yeah. span. You know, it, so it was like a really exciting week in music journalism dealing with this record and the band breaking up right after, the, you know, releasing something so great. But so what What was your kind of, when, when were you like all in, on this record. So uh, like you, I, this was, this is a band I'd never heard of before. And you know, it was when it came out, 
within a month of it coming out, like for people like us who read, you know, NME and spin and rolling stone and pitchfork and stereo gun, like for, for music nerds, it's suddenly the, the album that everyone's like, Oh my gosh, best new music. Like, you know, Oh, what a story. And again, like there's great myth making around this album because of the breakup. And so I listened to it. The arcade fire comparison was the most apt for me. And so Meg and I were in the car listening to it together and she didn't know who it was. And so I was talking, you know, I was telling her about the album and how much, how much I like it. And she was like, so this is the new arcade fire. And I was like, no, this is like, and then, so same idea. So then I was listening to it one morning, driving my daughter to school. And she asked if this was a bunch of theater nerds, like a a bunch of theater kids doing doing the album because she she described it as theatrical emo and i was like yep that that like that's fair um but but again i i think it is it's the things that i love about late second early third wave emo it's the things that i love about especially that like 2004 5 6 7 era of indie music so when you get albums like funeral by arcade fire and illinois by sufjan stevens like where it's you know tons of instrumentation these you know huge you know huge sections of music where it's not just like a four-piece band it's it's orchestral in the way that it's put together it's it's musically challenging a little bit um you know i kind of love all of that and then the fact that it is so um yeah as you said you know it wears its influences on its sleeve it's it is so clearly going for something that i love so it it at the same time sounds familiar and also new and challenging and, int- and intriguing and man I, I just was really impressed with with this album and again an album that came out the same week is our number one album of the year so i mean it was it was a pretty great week for music yeah i mean it's a lot of horns a lot of strings more than guitar and just these like great vocals these really uh, emotional you know strong vocals and epic songs with big epic choruses you know and it is so much like the the 2000s but it's not homage it's not pastiche you know it's not trying to be that even though it's clearly influenced by that um because so it's not just like a nostalgia thing where it's like so much music like it's not like renaissance where it's just like remember like 90s house music i'm doing 90s house music now you know so it's not just like a one-for-one comparison like that mm-hmm. um you know it's it's a blender of a of a, of a handful of a yeah. handful of things that are kind of the individual parts of the recipe are are still distinguishable but the combination is something brand new and it's a thing that didn't happen in england yeah Right. The arcade fire thing didn't happen in England. Emo didn't happen in England, you know, so it's kind of their filter for understanding maybe that kind of music that was coming from the States when they were growing up, you know, so it, yeah, it, it's, it's a great album. Um, again, 10 songs and you start breaking down. It's like, Oh, this song's good. This song's good. This song's good. Th- this song's good. This, okay. Uh, every song here just rules um mm-hmm. and they're they're all just very i mean like the the, the bread song and the was it basketball shoes goodwill hunting i mean it's just mm-hmm. hacked which is great songs yeah 
shows The New York state lines I think of all that went wrong The sailor boys light up in song And they sing of London Love they made there Will it really last any time? What's that that you said to me? Oh, I'm a chaos space marine, so what? I love you, darling, will you take my metal hand? It's cold, in time you will find These things take up space inside your mind Where you could be keeping haunting thoughts of the sea So not only a, a year of great music, but man, a week of great music because our first and second best albums of the year came out the second week. Of course, we just talked about our second best album of the year, Black Country, New Road, Ants From Up There. The other album that came out that week, Big Thief, Dragon, New Warm Mountain, I Believe In You, the You Forgot One best album of 2022 was Micaiah's favorite album of the year and my second favorite album of the year. Big Thief, Dragon, New Warm Mountain, I Believe In You, another double LP in this one. And again, you're a bigger Big Thief fan than I am. I think this is unquestionably their most impressive feat as a band by some distance. I agree. All right. So, I mean, we're just in such an interesting time because I think if any band had done something with, that they've done 15 years earlier, maybe even 10 years earlier, we would think of them so differently. I mean, this is their fifth album and it's a double LP. And so a lot of people say like, oh, you know, you know, the, the true sign of a great band is that they have five great records, you know? Um, and so, well, they, they just did it. This year, you know, um, Masterpiece, their 2016 record, which is such a funny name for a first album. Um, it's like Big Stars, number one record. You know, um, it's great. It's on Saddle Creek. It rules capacity is even better from 2017, an immediate follow-up. And then 2019, two records, uh, UFOF and Two Hands, both incredible. Um, and then by 2020, you get an incomprehensible title, um, Dragon New War Mountain, I believe. And you, who knows? That's just one of those just like uh, fridge magnet things where they have like all those words and people just scramble them up. I feel like they just walked up to the fridge and they're like, uh, that's the title, I suppose. Um, total nonsense, but it's great because it's great for what this record is too. Um, it's, a, it's a cover that's just like a drawing of like animals around a campfire. And... 20 hopping oh how, how to begin to talk about this um i think this is one of the great double lps i think this is one of the great records of this year um i think it'll be one of the best of this decade i think it's one of the all-time greats i'm 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 calling this is an early 
you know, calling it real early, one of the best albums of all time. I mean, there, there's something truly, like, really exceptional about this record. Um, and, and Adrian Linker, as a songwriter, um, their drummer produced the record, and I think it's an incredible, incredibly produced record. Um, and Buck Meek is an incredible guitar player. So is Adrian, by the way. Um, a lot of times when you hear the shredding on the album, you may think it's Buck Meek. I saw them play most of these songs live in September 2021. And it's Adrian shredding mm-hmm. nine times out of ten when you hear it. And so, I mean, I just think they're one of the, the great bands of our time. And it's confusing to me that they haven't played SNL and that people aren't kind of talking about them like, oh, this is one of the great bands. This is one of the great, you know, like they, no one's really talking about, but no one's really talking about any band that way. You know, I, I don't think that rock bands and guitar based music matters to pop culture the way it used to. No. Um, so I, it's so that, you know, that that's its own thing. Um, so I feel like in, in different points in time, this record would be valued even higher, even though it's been on like most places like top 10 lists, even though Rolling Stone had it at 35, which is baffling, but I guess to be expected from them. Um, I think it's a, it's a pretty much a perfect record. It's, it's, it's closer when we are talking about the different types of double LPs, uh, maybe it's closer to the white album. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's closer to that. Cause there's, there's some goofy stuff on there. There's some like, again, I'm talking about a band that's gone country. There's, there's some like country stuff on there and there's some straightforward rock stuff their folky stuff and there's some like trip hop drums in there also i mean there's they they're like if it's going to be a double lp then we're going to give everything we have to offer and they do and yeah. it i talked a lot rob what do you think of this yeah so i i think the white album comparison is is probably an apt one here's here's the issue this is a very very different album listening to it streaming versus listening to it on vinyl. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I say that in, you can miss the, the way these, these songs are broken up. If you're, if you're only listening to it streaming. And mm-hmm. so for me, getting this album on vinyl was, was the thing that I think really helped me kind of put songs that again, like there's, there's kind of silly songs that are that are in here as well but even like the side a of this album like to open with change and then by the third song you're at spud infinity followed mm-hmm. by certainty like i think that spud infinity certainty like might be the best two songs on the album there's there's lots of like pairs and in, in, in like sets of songs that, that function so well together mm-hmm. and i feel like the way the vinyl was broken up really highlights that in ways that I feel like you, they all kind of blend together if you're just listening to it streaming. So for the first half of this year, I was listening to this album exclusively streaming and then getting it on vinyl, I felt like was a thing that really helped me um, digest this album in a better way. I mean, I, I really think this is perfect. And, and, and it's not one that takes itself too seriously, which double LPs can do. And that's what really brings a double LP down is if they're like, I'm making a statement. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is just kind of like, let's just like, 
put everything out there and and if they don't like it they don't like it and if it's too weird then sorry but like it's very unapologetic and it, it's not an endurance test of you know it's i mean it's it's i mean it's it's over 80 minutes so i mean it it's it's a it's long it's it's a big it's listen it's not an endurance test no. you know the godfather's long but you're not watching it just like jesus christ <laughs> but i mean it's i mean it is it is the length of like yeah it, it's it's 80 you know it's it's a lot of music right there's there that's that is the case um but it, it, it's not like testing your patience there's like no like revolution number nine on it mm-hmm. there's, there's no like those moments or even like sad eye lady of the lowlands which is like okay it's 13 tracks and then one is like nine minutes long it's five tracks on each side 20 tracks there's different genres and sometimes they revisit some of them sometimes they don't and it's just Perfect. I mean, and it's one of those things for the double LP. She's like, okay, well, what if I want to get this down to 10 songs and you get it down to 10, you're like, that's not a better album. And no way is that a better album. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and then you're like, well, what if I try to get it down to 12? Oh shoot. Well now I'm missing like this set of songs. That's not a better album. Like it really takes, and then maybe, maybe you can get it down to 18 or it's like, well, at that point, why don't I just have the two? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that is a great mark for a double LP when you try to like reduce it and you can't cause you're like, no, that's not the same album. It doesn't, it doesn't feel the same, you know? And there's something I love and you and I've talked a lot about this and maybe this is like two inside baseball from the flow of songs, from the way that you have an album sequenced. I think there's something that is so uh, uh, pleasurable about symmetrical albums like 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 here you go here's here's 10 songs on this lp 10 songs on this lp five on each side like there's something that is just so aesthetically pleasing about i get five songs i'm going to get up i'm going to turn the record over i get five more songs i'm going to get up i'm going to maybe take a break you know and then i'm going to come back a little bit later i'm going to throw on that side c that like in, and it really functions that way minutes on each side you know it's not like yeah. oh this side's 13 minutes long like i hate that i hate that it's 20 minutes on average 20 minutes over you know four sides you know it's just like this is you're getting your money's worth this is a real deal mm-hmm. double lp this is this thing is made with intent yeah. you know and it's and, but it doesn't take itself too seriously which maybe like maybe the kendrick lamar album does at times yeah Maybe some of the maybe some of the critiques and maybe some of the stuff are too on the nose, like the daddy less or daddy problems or whatever, you know, or father issues or whatever it's called. Maybe that's too on the nose. There, you know, you can take yourself too seriously, and this album doesn't. And I, there's just I think it all works, and I think it's the fifth album, uh, you know, on a from a exceptional run from a great band. And to, to finish, you know, to top off that five-hour run with with a double LP that's this good. And, and in, in the last time they released a record, they put out two albums that year. You know, it's just like, this is an exceptional band. I mean, I think in, since I've been, like, taking music seriously, I think this is my favorite band. And they are a band because it's not even like other ones would be like Boney Vare. It's like, okay, that's Justin Vernon and company. Mm-hmm. And even Blue Foxes have, have become more like, you know, Robin Pecknold and company. Yeah. Started off as a band, but that's kind of deteriorated. Um, and even now as, 
Vampire Weekend's lineup changes. It's like it's Ezra and come, you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. mostly Ezra's project, and these three guys are still there. But after Rostam left, like it's it, the, it's changed as a band, and it this lineup hasn't changed with these five records, you know. And so I feel like of like the bands that have come out, you know, since I mean I was eleven like the first national album out. So for like me to be like. I was there on the on the first album, you know, those kinds of bands. For me, I'm, I mean, this is the most important to me, and I think the most uh, special to me. I, would. I tried to tell you, I didn't know how to stay. You believe she can see through, cutting at the silent clay, a relief, back in deep blue, fettered in the magnet sun, eat the gun as it feeds you, spitting up the oxygen.
listener, you heard it. Our best of 2022 is in the bag. That's our final episode for 2022. We hope it's been a great year for you. We have loved spending 2022 with you, and we thank you so much for joining us on the ride. We're so excited to be back the first week of January next year to kick off season three. We're so excited for it. Um, Again, our album of 2022 the latest from Big Thief. And man, what an incredible album this is. But Micaiah, before we went to the break, I let our listeners hear a song from one of my favorite albums that did not make our final list. What is a song that we can send our listeners away with from one of your favorite albums that did not make our list? Yeah, so... There's only one album from my top 10 that didn't make it into into this top 10, actually. And that's the album uh, equally insane as Big Thief's Water Slide, Diving Board, Ladder to the Sky uh, by Porridge Radio, who are from, uh, I think it's Brighton Beach. So they, they, they kind of fall into that same category as Black Country New Road. It's like, okay, there's something very emo about this. So it's like, I feel like Britain's just now having their their big emo craze. So, I mean, it's a very emotional record. And this was a band who's new to me this year. Um, and I reckon people should listen to the song Birthday Party. Great song. Great song on a great album. Yeah, and before, they, but before people listen to that, um, of course, find us on social media at uh you forgot one pod on uh on instagram and at you forgot one um, no I, I, you forgot one pod on twitter and you at you forgot one on, on instagram yeah 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 that, that's how it goes and um rate and review um the podcast or wherever you're listening to and if you haven't already like follow or subscribe whichever you know your podcast carrier uh tells you to do uh, go ahead and do that because when season three kicks off, you know, we're, we're back to that regular schedule of, you know, trying to get these out uh, once a week. And so if you want them ready to go, once they drop, the best thing you can do is like, follow, or subscribe. Yeah. Listener, um, I got to tell you, we got our end of the year Spotify wrapped information for You Forgot One. And we can tell you from the from the data we have from Anchor, we know that only about 35% of you are listening to this podcast on Spotify. Um, we know that uh, a lot of you, actually a slight majority, are listening to us on Apple Podcasts and uh, a number of you on Google Podcasts and, and a handful on five or six different other platforms. And wherever you're listening to us, we're grateful for it. But for the 35% of you who listen on Spotify, we were blown away by the information on Wrapped. And so as we close out our second year of the podcast, we just want to say a big thank you for being with us on the journey. Uh, thanks for being with us. And we love getting to do this. We'll leave you now with a song from Porridge Radio, Birthday Party. A fear of death, a fear of dying, why won't the dog pick up the stick? Panic sweats, you wake up crying, always feeling kind of sick. I want one feeling.